right, third episode. Eventually I'll stop counting, I think, um, but this is The Messy Corner. I believe I promised another episode the very next day, and I realized that when you're listening to these, it doesn't matter what day it is, but I want to talk a little bit about why I missed that day. You know, with life, I think for anyone, but especially those with multiple sclerosis, you have days that are great, good, moderate, um, not so bad, bad, and you should count those my down days. I had a down day. You know, I have down days because of my mind, my mental um, capability and what I feel like I can do that day. And then I have down days because of my physicality and my body. I feel like I had a down day of both of those. It is entering into the fall. Uh, weather is changing. And usually when the weather changes, first of all, I, I have normal ailments. I think everyone else has. My knees hurt. <laughs> I've got bones in my body that hurt um, with the weather changing from hot to cold. And generally during the fall, you have this roller coaster of weather that just really gets you. I think having a mess exasperates that a little bit. I danced um, for 11 years um, until the time I was um, almost 18. And I think that there's things I feel like I still can do. <laughs> I'm not going to age myself and tell you how long ago that was, but it's been a while. But I do still feel some of the the uh, joints, and um, I guess that comes with getting older too. But some of my joints and things like that hurt. I think that, like I said, MS exasperates that. The mental side, though, I think I have a harder time with. Um, it feels like you are boxed in your own head. You've got these four walls and you're knocking on each of them and you're just trying to get out, but there's no door. So you're sitting there in a room and you're like, I know I can do this. I know there's things that I wanna do. So you're banging on that wall and it's just not letting you out. And I think sometimes, you know, it's your mind telling you you need a day of rest. It is your mind telling you you've got a lot of things going on up there. Maybe you should just take some time for yourself. And I think that's what I needed. And so there you have it. I missed an episode day, <laughs> but I am here now to give you more about me and life and all of the, the messy stuff that comes along with it. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to a little bit about some of those down days. So let's talk about something different. Um, you know, I talked a lot about that first year and what I went through, and there's obviously a lot more that um, I'm sure you don't want to hear about, about what your body goes through in those instances. Steroids, <laughs> the steroids, those are hard. Um, I did treatments in a hospital setting where you get infused. I also did oral uh, medication for steroids. If I had my pick, I would choose the intravenous, the um, IV every time. Steroids that land in your stomach, they are awful. <laughs> they hurt, they cause lots of problems, and 
you know, the weight gain, let's just talk about that. <laughs> you know, being a female and talking about weight gain is never fun, but the the steroids, you know, they give you the munchies <laughs> and you want to eat everything. And in the same sense, your body is holding on to everything and it's just not fun. You feel like if I were to touch my own skin, it feels like a watery blubber <laughs> and it's just not something that's fun. However, the intravenous way I had, yes, I get the munchies for that too, but it just feels like it hits your body better. Um, I still have to do those today before any infusion, um, along with Benadryl, along with Tylenol, you know, the whole gamut of stuff. But um, I don't have to do them as frequent, luckily, because my um, flare-ups and things like that have gone way down since I started on Ocrevus. I feel like I could be their spokesperson at this point. <laughs> um, but the steroids are not fun. And, you know, you, you go through bouts of those. And that first year, I went through a lot of them. And so I literally gained, I think, 30 pounds in year one, which isn't fun. And so you're entering in this year two of like, hey, I got on the right medication. I'm feeling great. Yeah, I have these extra 30 pounds. And in the same sense, you know, let's start altering your meds and figuring out what the best cocktail is to help you both mentally and physically. Um, I think at one point I was on, well, if I had to count them today, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven medications today and then you've got your over-the-counters which you know ibuprofen advil um you got your vitamin d which is incredibly important with ms um and your um i, I take biotin um there's a few others that i'm neglecting i'm sure that help with some of the nerve um pain and damage that's more over-the-counter and and not quite um needing a prescription for, but um, that's a lot. And so I, I definitely have one of those pill counters, the dailies of when I should take something and how long um, I have to wait to take the next thing. Um, so I've got that. But you know, when that year two, you're kind of finagling what's the right dosage of everything, especially for your mental health and, and what's gonna get you through. I think there are times that I felt crazy. <laughs> I felt like I was out of my mind and those were, you know, trying to find the right adjustments to those meds. And then there's times that I felt very even killed. Like I, like, um, like I couldn't even feel almost. And so those to me are both extremes that I'd rather be in the middle. So let's find that middle ground. And, you know, I went through a couple different adjustments for those and you know, that's kind of, I landed into the, the seven, the seven pill quadrant. Now I'd love to not take anything. I think that it would be better for my body. Um, but at the same time, I'm also trying to listen to my body and, and telling me what it needs as well. So that's year two, you know, and sliding into the dating life. I think I mentioned before that, um, that's like a whole other topic. I, I'll kind of slide into it a little bit now. But it goes along with the same thing of, so should you tell your work? Should you not? When should you tell somebody that you're dating, you know, that you have MS? And 
Are they going to feel like I'm lying to them by the time we get to this point where it becomes more serious? I think my rule of thumb had always been that if I feel strong enough like this could turn into something serious, that it was worth telling them and making sure that they understood the impact of of how have the impact of a mess on a relationship um and making sure that they understood the good bad and the ugly i think that i had always said look it up please do please look at the information make sure that you know and understand what it is and then come and ask me questions because there's a lot of stuff out there that can be a little scary because it's quite the snowflake disease and so that had always been my rule of of thumb um you know i relationships were hard even even friendships because you know, I've read a ton of articles, and I'm sure you have too, of, you know, take care of yourself if no means no, and, you know, don't force yourself. Um, I think I had always felt like I needed to push myself a little bit to maintain some of my closer relationships, and including dating. You know, when you're in the, the, the first of it, you're like, well, I don't want to just sit at home. Like, you want to go out and you want to get to know that person. So I think that for me, I found the balance of push myself a little bit, but don't push myself too hard. Um, And so finding that happy medium of getting out of the house versus those days that you really should stay in, um, it was hard in the beginning for sure, especially when you're trying out new relationships, um, both friends and, and dating. I should jump to the end of this story, though. Um, it's a happy ending. I am married <laughs> to my wonderful husband, so um, I don't want to leave y'all hanging of, you know, gosh, I'm still out there and I'm still trying to find it. Uh, I did find it, um, and that's going to be uh, another another time, but um, it, I just thought I'd I spoil that ending for you. Um, but it was hard um, to get to that point you know, and and understanding yourself and and what you can and cannot do. There were definitely times where I had purchased tickets for things, realizing I could not go. Um, And that's always hard because there's that financial element that's a part of it. I also, you know, promised things to like maybe one other person and you want to show up for that person and it's very difficult I think I also found, in in the midst of finding the balance of pushing yourself a little bit but not pushing yourself too hard, I also found the balance of truth. And while, you know, for me it was, do they want to hear every bit of my, let's call it the horror story? (laughs) Um, No, probably not. But should I be honest enough to say, like, what's really going on in my life? Because, you know, they are my friends. They are my boyfriend. And they, you know, I should, you know, respect them enough to respect me. And so I think I also found the balance of, like, hey, look, let me explain to you what's going on. I physically can't move from the couch today. I think I need a blanket, a movie, and just hanging out on the couch. And um, and I think they did respect me more for that. In fact, I, I saw them show up more for me 
when I explained more about what was going on. You know, instead I have, well, let me come over and hang out with you. Let's just spend some time in. Well, we don't have to go and do that. We can do this instead and still have just as much fun. I think the people who really care about you understand enough to say like, I got you, we'll hang out next time. Or I got you, let me bring some, you know, some food over and let's hang out. Or I've got you and let's do something else instead that, you know, caters to how you're feeling more. I think for me, it was always important too that they knew that they could still do things without me, even if I said I couldn't do something. And so that was really important. Had to take a moment because my throat is getting dry. So that's kind of where I figured out my balance is, is the point of push yourself, but don't push yourself too hard and be truthful about how you're really feeling. You don't have to give them the innards, as I like to call them, but you also don't have to say like, hey, I've got something else to do, (laughs) or hey, I forgot to finish this paper. I think that, like I said, anyone who really cares about you will understand and either change their plans or be honest about why they still want to go and do what they want to do. And on the flip side, you've got to be okay with that, including your boyfriend or girlfriend. So, you know, I mentioned a little bit about the dating piece and, and when to tell them. I think that, you know, that the first couple of years were extremely tough and I wouldn't necessarily say if I could go back, I wouldn't date, but I think that I would try to implant in me somewhere that, hey, everything's going to be okay, and it's going to be rough for a while, you know, don't say no, don't say yes, don't, you know, go crazy. But at the same time, like, give yourself some grace for going through this part of your life. And so for me being on a roller coaster, like I said, I think there were times where, you know, I probably shouldn't have dated just because, you know, I myself didn't really know who I was anymore. You are still grieving the person that you were you are still figuring out who this new person is. You've got a lot of medication (laughs) in you. And you're still just taking it day by day. And so to have somebody understand that right off the bat, it's not fair to them. And so, like I said, I wouldn't go back and change my dating life, but I also, like, wish I had an implant in me that said, it's going to turn out fine, you're going to be okay. But it was tough. I think you have a lot of great loves in your life, and sometimes you have one great love in your life. I think you, for me, it was I thought I had some loves in my life, (laughs) but those didn't turn out. And... You know, I'll go back to an earlier episode when I said, you know, I I just wish that I had, 
I, I wanted so much to have control over my life that sometimes, you know, you kind of overindulge in that control and, you know, you feel like you're not yourself anymore. And it was the same with relationships. You know, I wanted to, to feel like my old self, the happy, bubbly, I think anyone who had known me back in my high school days and, um, and even college, um, you know, I think that, you know, they always knew me as the happy, bubbly person and, you know, just, I, look, I had my ups and downs then too, <laughs> but I, I think I smiled a lot more. I think that I, I was a go-getter a hundred percent. I was like, nothing's going to get in my way. I'm going to get what I, what I want and I'm going to go for it and I'm going to try this and I'm going to do that. And, you know, and so I was still grieving that person because I didn't feel that control over my life anymore. I didn't feel like I could just be that go-getter anymore. And so with relationships, you know, you're trying to build, you know, the the foundation for what you feel like could be something fantastic. And you've got all of these, you know, hearts floating around you. You've got Cupid throwing their arrows and it doesn't always turn out like that. I think that the hardest part for me is no one is ever going to fully understand or get it. You are you. You are the person who knows. You are the person who is going through it. And you are the person who gets it and understands because you are you. No one else can be you. And even as I sit here and say those words, it still gives me pause and a little bit of heartache because I know that. But still, I want so badly for people to get it and to understand. And the truth is, is that no one really does because they're not you. You want people to have the empathy. You want so badly for them to sit and walk in your shoes. And the truth is, is that they never can because they're not you. And I think this goes for even when I was dating prior to getting diagnosed with MS, like the same thing goes. I think that no one can fully understand you because they are not you. And I think that was the hardest part for sure because I I couldn't grasp this feeling of like, why don't you get it? <clears throat> why don't you understand how I feel today? Why can't you just ask me how I'm feeling today? Why can't you just see how I'm feeling today? Um, and so while you're dating, you're this woman that's trying to almost force this other person to sit in your shoes. And it's just not reality. And so I had this perception of what dating should be like, especially with MS, that like, hey, they should get it and they should be by my side. They're going to support me. And I think that everyone tried for sure. I think that I wasn't ready. You know, I I wasn't ready. I was so, you know, still so immature, an immature MS person. And so for me, it was almost like regressing back to junior high school and looking at relationships in that narrow-minded view. 
to where you just think that everyone should get it and understand and ask and have empathy. And the truth is, is that you can't have those expectations because, again, they're not in your shoes. I think that what I am grateful for is for people trying. I I know people understand that I'm going through something in those moments, and I, I knew people understood that I wasn't feeling well, but, you know, to feel what you feel and to understand and to think like you think and all of those things, it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. So the best thing I can say is have empathy yourself. (laughs) Um, You're not in their shoes either. And for you, for them to understand, you have to be open and honest. And it, it doesn't mean that because here's another thing I had our time with. It doesn't mean like you want to sit there and constantly complain about how you're feeling. And that's what I felt. I felt like, well, if I'm open and honest about me, it's going to seem like I am constantly complaining about how I'm feeling and woe is me. (laughs) And that's not the case either. Um, I think, again, you find that happy medium of, of the truth, the same truth of when you're wanting to hang out with your friends, but you can't. Um, and so finding that, you know, synonymism that, you know, hey, let me let me see if I can explain it in the best way. And, I, and I'll go back to when I was talking about being first diagnosed, you know, and feeling like when you're wading through water, Um, so finding things that people can relate to so that they can understand some of the feelings and sensations that you go through and openly talking about them in a positive way. And that is a hard space to get to. It's the maturity of your diagnoses. And I don't think that there's an expectation of when you should get there. I think that it's just you'll get there when you can, when you feel like you're able to. And I think that that's when you start to have those real conversations. And I think that once I was able to get to a point of having those real conversations, and look, I, let's just call it, I F it up a lot. (laughs) I mess it up a lot. But I'm still able to kind of sit down and and when I'm really feeling it, have those conversations. And I think that's when I knew that I was ready for a real relationship. And I think that's also when, you know, the powers that be, God, you know, whatever you believe in, um, had someone walk that door that was equally mature enough to handle the conversation as well. And it takes two to tango. Um, and so, I, like I said, I really struggled with that. And I would say both years, one and and two, you know, I was on such a roller coaster. Um, But I, like I said, I did, I spoiled the end for you and I did find that someone and I I do have a really solid and wonderful group of friends and I, I, you know, I still navigate those ups and downs and when I feel like I just want to scream from the mountaintops (laughs) or hold myself up in the bedroom Um, I'm not perfect. I don't think anyone is. But I do feel like, again, you get to a point where you know that you're in a level of your diagnoses that you can start to have real conversation. And let's just spread that across to everyone. I think that you get to a point where 
you're able to feel like you can have those true conversations with people and that's when you know that you're ready for certain types of relationships and maybe not ready for others and so that's kind of the tidbit on the initial dating part (laughs) we'll get into a little bit more later um I appreciate, as always, my listeners, I'm going to start opening up to conversations, so stay tuned for um, some information about how you can reach out to me. Uh, I want to make sure that, you know, if you want to talk one-on-one, I'm here. If you want to just talk in general in forums and groups, that I have those options as well. Um, But again, thank you for being patient with me and being a listener and I look forward to sharing more with you. This is The Messy Corner.